1: Hello and welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and I'm joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on the podcast, also the co-host of the Stadium Bananas podcast with Ben Gretsch. Two great shows this week as they kind of dived into some of the uh, you know win totals and how maybe there's some edges to be found there in fantasy and also some of the controversial teams from that show and how those teams may work out from uh you know where, where the edges are for the fantasy teams particularly the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos getting a lot of conversation and the second show of the week which came out on Friday so do check that out if you haven't done so already but Sean we are going to have a two x ex- well one extra show this week for the audience we're gonna have one show today we're gonna to go through some potential trade scenarios trade discussions should the listeners who have submitted these trades make these trades or should they hold off and then we're gonna do some rip my roster shows that were submitted by listeners as well on the bonus show which will come out on monday so it's going to be two fun shows we're getting lots of feedback lots of interactions from the road of his overtime community it's fantastic to have those conversations to get to know the people listening a little bit more and if you do have any topics suggestions questions send them in our way and send them my way i guess is i was gonna don't send them to sean on twitter anyway <laughs> as <laughs> so we joked on the show earlier this week, um, but do send them my way either on Twitter or you can email them over at rotovisradio at gmail.com. But Sean, looking forward to today's show as we talk into those listener trades. Before we get into those, I just want to mention Scott Fishbowl competition we've got going on. There is the information in today's show description that will let you know how you can get involved if you're interested in winning Scott Fishbowl 12 entry. So, check that out and don't forget to get entered but i always love when these questions come in sean for the trades and they're always different because what i like when we get these questions sometimes on twitter you'll get a question trade this player for this player or draft this player or that player but thankfully the rotavis ot uh community when they're sending these questions they're giving us more information about the type of scoring in the leagues the type of information that will help us make these decisions better because you do need all those details to be able to make the most informed call on it but we've got to this point sean and i haven't introduced you onto the show so uh how are you doing for this saturday ot podcast
2: good good we're gonna go through some teams and some players how to trade out of some of these spots create that permanent championship window or keep that permanent championship window open we're gonna look at some of our exposures colin you and i are kind of gearing up for a draft that we're going to do together I'm fired up about that so yeah let's let's get after it this this should be fun
1: yeah so something we talk about but you do discuss a lot in your articles and on the show and that is the perpetual championship window matt irby sends in a question that is high all trying to make a dynasty decision here he said his team scored the most points in the entire league last year sean that's always a positive if your team scores the most points you're usually in in a pretty good spot you're usually in contention but he says it isn't even that particularly old but he's trying to stay in the sean siegel perpetual championship window so the question here is going to be around cd lamb and he says that he could get quite a haul here it's uh two first two seconds and gabriel davis is on offer for him so you know we're looking here at a substantial offer he says it's not even a ppr league he says it's only start two at wide receiver and then in brackets he said that old school right so uh it is you know we're talking about we talk a lot about flex positions and ppr and the advantage that's going to give to wide receiver but he says he kind of feels like he should do this trade what do we think so Matt, thanks for sending in the question, but Sean, I'll get your your thoughts for Should we be trading C.D. Lamb? And for this one, we'll talk about Matt's specific example, but we'll also talk about if it was a PPR league with flex positions to kind of elaborate a little bit more. So C.D. Lamb for two firsts, two seconds, and Gabriel Davis. And I know you've done some great work this year with the his rankings in terms of the trade value of those players as well. So that'll probably play into the answer here.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because... There are some dynamics that work in both directions. I think the the easy, quick answer is yes. I think that you should do the trade. But with it not being a, a PPR league, only start two at wide receiver, you're definitely getting the impression that this is a very shallow starting lineup. And in that case, you might be more inclined to stay with your stars as opposed to move them for depth. A lot of the teams that we have right now, or a lot of the leagues that we have right now are... Well, number one, PPR leagues, but then number two, you can start a lot of guys. And in those cases, we want to build a lot of depth. And it's not just depth where we're giving up upside. We're still going after that upside, but we're willing to target a lot of players with more uncertain futures, a wider range of outcomes, knowing that some of them are going to hit to the top end. Hopefully some of them hit you know, kind of in the middle and we don't have too many straight out busts and those busts we're going to be looking to actually move before their trade value gets down to zero. So there are a lot of positives about making these kinds of trades, doing the perpetual reloading. But the other dynamic in this is that if it is a standard scoring format and really either way, then on the starting lineup, you are orienting it more toward the running back position. And so for lamb, if you're going to get two first two seconds and then Davis, Yeah, I mean, Davis is a downgrade, probably. I mean, there's this slight potential that he could actually even be the better player in this. We saw him go off at the end of last season when the Bills have been willing to have him on the field. He scored very well. He was sort of an undervalued prospect. I'm not sure that the difference between these two guys as prospects was as big as you know, where they would draft, where they were drafted would indicate. And so you have a little bit of that upside there with Davis as well, being in this more explosive offense. Now, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys have scored a lot of points, but unfortunately not as many of those points, not as many of the targets have gone to Lamb as we would hope. So he's still actually got a little bit to prove. I think, especially in these cases where you're trading someone where, yeah, I mean, in a year from now, is he going to be, a clear first-round draft pick in every format? I think probably, but you also have the real potential that he could drop quite a bit. And not that he's going to be just a guy, but he's going to be on the kind of high-end level of that where perhaps he's not getting star points for you. But to wrap back around to what I was starting to say is that in this type of format, those two firsts can become running backs. And even in a standard format, we want to be a little bit aware of how running backs age and some of the injury risks and we would love to have the two star wide receivers but i don't think that you're eliminating that by moving lamb here so from all of those perspectives i think it's a pretty much a slam dunk on the other hand you talk about well what if it is a ppr league and what if it's a deeper league column for the reasons that we were discussing there and wanting to kind of diversify our risk but keep a lot of upside those two first the two seconds now, if you think about it in terms of a super flex league, and that's not necessarily the question, but the seconds as well would be very valuable. And so if you got this kind of offer in that type of league, I definitely think you should take it. I actually had a league yesterday where the other manager was looking for a stud tight end, and I had some tight end depth. And so it came back to our, our old buddy, TJ Hawkinson, and you know, I reached out and said, I, I'm really high on Hawkinson. So I wouldn't normally trade him, but there's some potential here. We're in the midst of this auction and, you know, I would get some auction dollars back. I would get the flexibility to draft some more players because you actually need to have slots in the auction as well. Could add multiple guys and Gabriel Davis, again, like in this trade, that's the reason I bring it up was the person coming back. And so I went ahead and made that trade, even though Hawkinson is, I feel very well established. You look at some of his peripherals, they're encouraging. He's an early draft pick. He looks like he's going to be this player who lands himself in that elite tight end range now for five or six years. You don't necessarily want to move that. But again, you create more options for yourself if you're willing to get off of some of those guys. And in this particular league, I had built a lot of tight end depth. And so from that perspective, it made sense at that point. Davis, somebody who, especially in underdog and some of these best ball tournament formats where drafters are looking to stack a bill's player with josh allen you know they're probably pushed up ahead of where they should be if that dynamic weren't in place and yet despite that i mean we have to look at where davis is undervalued where davis is overvalued but big picture davis is someone where if you can get him in the context of a deal where you're not overpaying you're not killing yourself he's somebody you should pick up because there is some potential for him to really rise even from where he's at now.
1: Yeah and, uh, Gabriel Davis was somebody we talked about a lot last offseason heading into 2021 and then obviously his value did decline quite a bit throughout the season but it really did get uh, rejuvenated with that Chiefs game and how the season finished off so hopefully what we hoped would happen last year is going to happen this year uh, no Emmanuel Sanders in his way, for example. So the other big takeaway from that is is Sean was willing to trade away TJ Hawkinson. Uh, you know it's been it's been TJ Hawkinson all. Uh, I was about to say all off season long, but you know all early off season long, but um another part of why you know we'll talk about players and strategies and moving things in different directions, different leagues. you're going to need to do certain things to strengthen the team. and um I know Sean will always say that he's always willing to make the move if it's is right for. The team thanks again to matt for sending in that question next question coming in comes in from blake schult and he's this one's all about george kettle really he says an owner in his dynasty league is asking for george kettle which blake has on his roster he says guys that he has who i have some level of interest in include Ramondre stevenson ronald jones amara st brown russell gage and juju smith schuster as well as a 2023 second rounder. He wanted to see, would Sean make this deal for any combination of these players? This is not tight end premium, and he said he also has Albert Okubunum, Logan Thomas, and Cole Tometa tight end, so has some tight end depth there. Sean, George Kittle is obviously somebody who as a real-life tight end, is an absolute superstar, one of the best blocking tight ends, one of the best receiving tight ends after the catch has been a sensation for fantasy football when healthy over the last two seasons. But I use the when healthy element of it because he has missed large amount of time. He is also getting a little bit older, becoming that veteran presence, but also losing potentially some of that dynasty value. But he could be on that Travis Kelsey career trajectory where into his thirties he is still delivering at a very high level the key here for me would be that we're into non-tight end premium obviously it's going to lower the value a little bit but when we look at the depth that he has given away kind of the top tight end and that depth chart the players that are there the one that probably has the the most value is is st brown Um so he's probably top of the list of potential players to get but the other players that are in there aren't going to hold a dramatic amount of value so we're probably looking then towards that pick how are you feeling about moving somebody like kettle and again this could be like the previous question to to try and keep that championship window open but moving this veteran player before you know value does start to tail off kettle is a tricky one
2: and dave caben's going to have his projections coming out very shortly i'm excited to have those up on this side i've been kind of going through them a little bit with him over the last couple of days And the 49ers are tricky, right? We're going to talk about some of our exposures in a moment. And I have a ton of Debo Samuel. I think despite some of the dynamics that will make sustaining that point level difficult, I still want to bet on the talent. The talent is just insane, right? Quite possibly the best receiver in the NFL, even with what we're seeing from guys like Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup despite what we're seeing from these rising stars and justin jefferson and jamar chase george kittle is that at tight end right probably the most talented tight end in the nfl he has all of those elements that you talked about physically he's just freakishly dynamic and so from that perspective it's very hard to move him but you don't necessarily have this window that we talk about where you can play him for two years and then move him at peak value, probably. I have seen some trades for Travis Kelsey in the last couple of months that seem kind of crazy when you consider where Kelsey is in his career trajectory. But when you look at the startup values for some of these guys, we're, gonna, we're seeing that obviously Travis Kelsey is not valued the way he would be if he were 25 or he would be a top four or five pick. With that in place and with the risk that comes with Trey Lance. Now, the thing to keep in mind is that there is a scenario where Trey Lance actually elevates the entire offense. One of the things that his teammates have said is that he has this arm talent that could unlock some of the vertical passing game that would actually take them to this entirely new level. And then you're looking at the San Francisco juggernaut from the perspective of... I mean, all of these guys are going to score a ton of points. But more realistically, we have to deal with sort of the median outcome and then this disastrous outcome where he struggles. And we know that that's in play because they didn't use him last year and because there have been some whispers that if Jimmy Garoppolo stayed around, that he would be in the mix to start again. And that definitely leaves you with plenty of concern. The way the last couple of months have gone, that seems less likely and, you know, I think to yourself, well, if Garoppolo isn't there, then my cushion for them to move to him kind of as a backstop, if Lance completely fails and make sure we still have this value for Kittle, you know, that's a little bit of a concern. I think that big picture, though, we probably are looking at this and thinking, okay, I mean, Trey Lance is going to be able to get it done at some level. Now, if that level is mostly scrambling around and operating in a Michael Vick type of way, then... <laughs> Maybe it's a disaster for the receivers. The other problem we have is just that you have Brandon, Ayuk, and Samuel. And so there is going to be competition for touches. Kittle for me is a player who's a little bit easier to move than Samuel and Ayuk, even though the positional value I think is immense. Ayuk not valued high enough right now to move him. I think that he's going to rehab so much of the value again next year. Samuel is the superstar, a little bit younger. I mean, he came into the NFL older than a lot of rookies. And so, I mean, he's not 23 either. But with Kittle, if you can get this big return right now, I like the way that it will change your roster around. So it's kind of a matter of how many of these guys would actually be available in the deal. As you mentioned, Amon Ross St. Brown, very appealing. Juju Smith-Schuster is someone who's going to come out with good numbers in Dave's projections. He's someone I'm buying and selling based on the league where if I have him and someone else wants to pay as though he's going to be the clear cut number one, he's going to be healthy. He's going to kind of get back to that early career level before the knee injuries because he has Patrick Mahomes and perhaps not a lot of competition. One of the things that we could see with the Kansas City Chiefs offense is that there could be a ton of competition for targets or all of the rest of the guys could kind of fade away this guy more kind of making more of a push in 2023 so again a lot of ways that this could play out i think that when you have managers who want to get away from the injuries want to get away from this guy who you know may just be a, a road not necessarily a rotational player but he's going to be mixing in those targets with a lot of other players then you want to sell if you have someone who's discounting that kind of thing then you want to buy and The same kind of goes for Ronald Jones, right? We're trying to create as much exposure as possible, but at the best prices that you can in any given league where it seems like the person who has him on the roster is willing to part with him without some crazy bounty. You want to pick him up. He's got a ton of contingent value. If you have it on your own roster and someone is willing to pay you a fortune then you, you probably want to move off of that. One of the things that happened again recently here is they did resign sign McKinnon. That's a bigger blow to Clyde Edwards-Alaire almost certainly. It is almost the case now where you're thinking, okay, well, CEH could be completely squeezed out because McKinnon looks like the better receiver, Ronald Jones. It would be a disaster for Ronald Jones if he's not the better, <laughs> just pure running back. And so from that perspective, I think you have to have both some excitement for him but also this discouragement that maybe he's not going to be getting kind of, the targets where the targets almost happened by accident previous to 2021 he'd racked up quite a few of those and with his level of explosiveness that gives you that extra little bit of point scoring that makes him a legitimate threat so those are some guys on the chiefs where i think that you can buy and sell i don't think that russell gage really factors in he could have a monstrous first half i mean russell gage is not a bad player but when you look at his sort of age, talent, overall scoring profile. When Godwin gets back, he's probably going to get squeezed out. When Tom Brady retires, the value goes, maybe not to zero, but you're looking at an asset there that probably doesn't do what you want to do. A similar type of thing with Ramondre Stevenson, although if you can get him as a pure throw-in, then I would do that. The 23 second rounder, if you're in a super flex league, that's very valuable too. So, if you can get a package of three of these guys with Amon Ra in it, then, I mean, I would do this deal. Do you Do you like any of these guys enough? I mean, again, it comes down to just how many the opposing manager would be willing to throw in.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: Yeah, you you stole a lot of my talking points there, Sean, when you were going through your your case forward. But I, I do uh, I think Saint Brown is going to be interesting. I think like last year potentially is going to be the peak of this could be the peak of his value. So when we're looking at who's going to gain value in this, I think Juju and Ronald Jones have the potential to gain value. The Patriots are always going to split that running back work, so Stevenson's value may be capped over the course of this season so the trade value next season may not be there so i think if you can get st brown the question i was going to throw back to you is if it was a case i don't think any of the other players with a second rounder is enough the two kind of trade scenarios i would play out here is amon ra st brown in a second rounder or ronald jones juju and a second rounder what you had mentioned amon ra another player and the second rounder would you do it for either of those other two deals? Probably not. I don't think the Chiefs guys with the second rounder are enough.
2: If you got the three where you had Jones, Juju, and the second rounder, that would be pretty close. My concern would be that it'll be so easy for Juju and Rojo to have their trade values absolutely collapse if the first month doesn't go the right way. And I don't know that you want to depart. uh, see George Kittle depart for that type of scenario. Because even if he has a bad month, I mean, his trade value isn't going to collapse with a bad month, but those Chiefs players could.
1: Yeah, no, I I think so. I think you're giving up too much. I think Simp Brown, even though I said this could be the peak of his value, I think his value is going to be insulated enough that if he has, you know, a down six-week stretch this season, it's only going to take a game or two of a flash for people to still be looking to buy into him next year. Whereas I think that, you know, and it mightn't even be a case that (laughs) the first, and this could be a positive and a negative for Ronald Jones and Julius Smith-Schuster. It might even be in preseason that we're hearing these reports and their value already increases that you could potentially move them again. But the, those reports could also be that you know Ronald Jones is not getting any work with Patrick Mahomes and, and these reps that Patrick Mahomes is getting. So things could change in both directions. I also think that the depth at tight end that he does have, particularly with, and I know you and Ben talked about it this week in Stealing Bananas, the situation where... Uh, Dulcich might get some of the work this year ahead of Alberto, So that's obviously a little bit of a concern. But I think with Logan Thomas, hopefully he comes back healthy from his knee injury and then we have Cole out. I think there's enough there that you could make the move. But I, I do think it needs to be Amon Ras St. Brown, the second, and one of those two players probably to get that deal done. But uh, thank you, Blake, for sending in that question. The final question, I do apologize. I don't have the name here. I, I think this one came in on Twitter, so then sometimes when they come in on Twitter, I when I go, I copy over the information and I haven't copied over the name on this one. It, it's easier to track it back down when it's uh, in an email, but thanks and apologies to whoever sent this one in, but um, they said a fun topic to consider. Both you and Sean share your top five ownership percentages for each position, um, kind of shows your you put how you put your rotavision theory into practice when money is on the line. Uh, the only downside is that savvy drafters might use it against you in future drafts and sean we know for a fact that when we did in the listener leagues last year and i guess this is a time we could plug that if anyone's interested in drafting against myself and sean in some best ball leagues this year send me uh send me your information and we'll we'll try and get that set up that would most likely happen over at the ffpc is where we usually host our listener leagues in 35 dollar format but we know last year the listeners really put us to task with those drafts because they knew exactly what our thought process would probably be in those drafts. From my perspective, I'll say that a lot of my drafts this year so far are co-drafted on underdog. Um, I've talked previously about uh, not being available here in Ireland, so I've been doing it with a lot of my buddies stateside, including Sean. So I don't have access to the exact um uh, ownership percentages or roster percentages that we have so far for myself but the one thing that i will say is we always draft what we discuss and we kind of put our money where our mouth is in terms of we kind of practice what we preach it's not a case of we're talking about doing one thing and then when it comes to draft time we're, we're drafting all the opposite players or or things like that we always share our drafts we record them you pretty much know everything that we're doing in those drafts but um, as the season does move along, I'll certainly be sharing my percentages uh, over at the FFPC. Listeners of the show from last season will know that there was a lot of James Conner talk and almost James Conner concern when it got to <laughs> the late stages of the offseason. But, uh, Sean, I don't know if you want to add anything on to that. Or, but the one thing I would say is um, it will all be a, a discussion throughout the course of the offseason.
2: Well, Colin, come on. Tell us who you're drafting. It doesn't have to be your exact highest exposure. <laughs>
1: tj hawkinson's in there anyway uh what are we talking it's just most drafted players
2: most drafted players
1: well i think there's a, a huge amount of jamar chase in there i did mention this on the show earlier this past week but i think the last four underdog drafts that i've done in a row have all ended up having aj brown in them i think aj brown is potentially at this point going to be my most drafted player come the end of the offseason i just I, I can't pass him up when we get to that two three turn
2: He is difficult to pass up there. It's interesting, again, that he was one of the guys, along with Debo, who lose a lot of value in Dave's projections. And I'm not second-guessing those projections at all. I will say that I'm willing to go against projections in general when I think that there's a chance that a situation could flip. And you have a player who has a first-round talent. I think Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown are both first-round talents. They should be going purely on what we've seen from them and the value of their position. They should be going ahead of Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, definitely Joe Mm -hmm. Mixon. I don't mean that they actually should be drafted there in 2022, because we do have some concerns about the overall context, but when Debo falls, to the middle or the final third of the second round i think you have to select him when aj brown is in the middle of the third round i think you have to select him we could see lance explode as i mentioned on the earlier question we could see the philadelphia eagles flip how they approach their offense then you're going to have these guys i mean not at massive discounts you're still talking second and third round but you're going to have the best players in the nfl and you're going to be able to have done it after you selected someone like a jamar chase or a justin jefferson Building a roster like that gives you so much upside for building a super team number one, but then you know doing well in tournaments number two. even last year we witnessed how Connor, in winning the FFPC best ball tournament, one of the things that got him there, and I mean his team was so good that it wasn't it definitely wasn't just this or even something that he needed as much as many other drafters would have but he got that huge game in the fantasy playoffs from A.J. Brown when the Titans were coming back against the 49ers. And so that monster game from an elite player like that, I think you want to have that exposure even if there are some question marks. We're having some other players drafted in the same three, four, five round range where they're not nearly as good and they have some similar problems in terms of the scoring environment. And yet because... The volume will probably be there in some way, shape, or form. They're pushed into this range. I think that they actually have more room to disappoint, even though they have some volume elements that are propping them up. So just some thoughts on how you would play that. I agree that Chase and Samuel and Brown are very highly rostered players. I've got a lot of J.K. Dobbins. I've got a lot of Travis Etienne. I'm sad that Etienne is rising so swiftly. Yeah, I mean, we talk a lot of time about the dead zone and how you don't want to draft players with poor profiles there. But, you know, there is a value to getting a player who should be a second-round pick less expensively, right? So if your thesis is that Travis Etienne going in the fifth round is a second-round pick, you know, that doesn't mean, oh, let's avoid him because he's a fifth-round pick instead. You want to target him there and target him relentlessly. Unfortunately, by the time this is all said and done – we could see him as a second round pick hopefully he doesn't get quite that expensive I would like to add some more shares but he's going very quickly in the right direction Brees Hall a lot of shares maybe a little bit more risk there with a rookie running back in a split situation we don't know how good the offense is going to be how many goal line touches he's going to have I'm comfortable betting on The idea that he has elite talent, I think what he did at Iowa State and how he tested at the combine proved that pretty conclusively. It doesn't mean that you're right every time, but I'm willing to make that bet and be wrong. One of the things I do like to mention on the show is that I'm wrong a lot, right? And so when you're hearing us talk about players, it's not that we think that we're going to be 100% correct. We're trying to draft situations where we think there's asymmetrical upside and that the overall builds are going to give you a great chance to win. He fits into that for me. And then if we drop down a little bit later this idea of the two qbs in the window i have a lot of those guys in that six seven range and then i have a lot of lance carr and justin fields because i think those guys have the potential to outperform even though they're not you know that cheap but lance fields you have the rushing potential With Fields, it's really hard to see how he gets it done because it's really just Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. But I think you have to have Komet, even though in some cases it won't fit your build because this team, I do think, is going to compete. And they're going to go after it in the fourth quarter, and they're going to be behind. And so you have a chance for Fields to be the highest scoring fourth quarter quarterback in the NFL. Trey Lance, very wide range of outcomes, but the upside scenario pretty clear there. Derek Carr, an undervalued player, may have the best weapons in the nfl probably not better than the cincinnati Bengals, but i mean they're up there you have Devonte adams you have darren waller i think it's easy to forget just how good darren waller is because he had that injury last season this offense can be pretty crazy so those are a lot of the guys in those high leverage rounds that i'm drafting quite a bit and drafting across formats most of them will work for ffpc have them in some ffpc super flex leagues those leagues have been a blast to draft have them in underdog have them in dynasty startups trading for them in established dynasty leagues we have a variety of other targets as well Colin. that we'll continue to discuss as the offseason goes along
1: yeah and it it is a case that like sean went through the list of names so you're probably (laughs) if you're listening to the show you're going to know who our players are because as i mentioned we're going to draft the players that we're talking about we're going to target them in our drafts sean You mentioned TJ Hawkins and you mentioned Derek Carr I think so far 2022 they are the Sean Siegel picks I think when we're looking at these drafts I I know when I'm drafting with you the those are two guys that we're gonna we're gonna have to get on rosters and I I can get aboard the Derek Carr one more than I know last year we had a a little fun debate with Matt Ryan versus uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick but neither of us really won that in the end up uh, the other thing to mention is we have to get an update on kj hamler i've heard you talking with ben about him. we've talked a little bit about him the the people listening are probably wondering is he featuring uh high in your your drafted players this year he's somebody that i've been able to to pick up quite a quite a bit off and the other player from last year that w- we've talked a lot about that i'm still drafting is lavisca chanel <laughs> but uh we'll not talk about visca here on this one but Oh, is kj hamler featuring in, in those drafts is 100 a high high exposure I, I was wondering if it is it possible to get over 100 uh, <laughs> i just remember last year each time i would post a draft board and it would be like which team did me and sean draft it wouldn't matter who the other players were just it would be whichever team had kj hamler people would pick so uh they, they knew the, the sean siegel signature was the the kj hamler pick but really looking forward to to um, drafting more teams this offseason really enjoyed going through those questions that were submitted by everyone who listened in it is uh, it's always great to get these questions and to to give that feedback as well and so anyone who has sent them in thank you anyone who's thinking about sending some in over the coming weeks thank you very much there as well my name is Colum Kelly, and this is going to close out today's show. As always, you can get yourself a 10% discount of a Rotoviz NFL pass over at Rotoviz.com with the code RBRadio2021. That is going to bring us to the end of today's show. As always, joined by Sean Siegel, who you can check out all his work up at Rotoviz.com. And until we're back with another show, have a good one.